Uh, my parents moved to Florida, Destin area, and they bought into a couple of uh, properties and uh, started uh, renting them out themselves, managing them themselves. And so I kind of came in with uh, with my paradigm of, uh, you know, I want to buy in, but I want to try and learn what you know, you know, you know, build that build that bridge, that bond uh, with, with my dad and what he had experienced along his growth walk opportunities. Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. Ah, what's up, Micah, man? I am good. How about yourself, Stevie Stacks? Good, trying to avoid this um, thunder and lightning over here. I'm on the second floor, so it's coming straight at me. <laughs> yeah, it's killing me. Over here. It's killing me. But we're bringing but. the thunder today because it's episode 92 of Live, Let, Thrive, your favorite um, Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, uh, Turo, Lift, all that stuff. Share Economy podcast. And we got a special guest from we got um, today? Uh, Mr. Uh, Robbie King. Give it up for Robbie. <laughs> Off clap. <laughs> What's up, Robbie? Hey, what's happening, you guys? You excited right. to be on our show? Well, you know, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, inviting me and uh, allowing me to be a part of what you guys are making happen. Oh well, it's, uh, the pleasure's ours, man. I know you're gonna you're gonna throw some good um, some good stuff at us today, and we're we're excited to hear all about the your real estate journey and short term rental journey. Oh yeah, yeah, the short term. Yep, yep, it's all in the short terms, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make your long money in the short term. I don't know. Right. I just made that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Robbie, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started your um, real estate journey. Oh, man, real estate journey. Let's see here. About myself, 45 years old, uh, Nashville native, Nashville, Tennessee native. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm a mechanical-minded individual. Uh, I like to know how things work. I like to dig in and engage in, uh, in the nuts and bolts of things. You know, I really enjoy um, design and you know, that in that regard and entry. So I like to take things to uh, kind of another level. Uh, can <clears throat> so so what that uh, what that allows me to do is take things beyond where most normally kind of shut down. Um, and a lot of, uh, I guess I have that ability to, to utilize my patient's muscles a little further than most. Uh, but uh, it's also in, in engaging in, uh, in, in whatever it is I'm pursuing, you know, and really digging in. So, but so, okay, so properties. Uh, let's see, I bought into a property. I was uh, laid up with a broken leg in California, a little motorcycle wreck. And, and I was like, you know, I'd really like to grow my relationship with my dad and he was a property owner uh, and, and uh, I guess all growing up we had rental properties um, so oh, I don't know it was always uh, when the when the people would leave we would come in and have to renovate the house um, you know people aren't as good of stewards as uh, they should be with other people's properties <laughs> so <clears throat> that's what we considered I guess the, uh, the, the long-term rentals in that regard so anyway, so um, uh, my parents moved to Florida, Destin area, and they bought into a couple of uh, properties and uh, started uh, renting them out themselves, managing them themselves. 
and so I kind of came in with uh, with my paradigm of uh, you know I, I want to buy in, but I want to try and learn what you know, you know, you know, build that build that bridge, that bond uh, with with my dad and what he had experienced along his growth walk opportunities. And what uh, year was that about? Uh, it was two thousand one. Okay, cool. Uh, two thousand one. So I uh, bought into a little second story unit. You know, looking at the water in Destin, Florida. Um, How much was that? Well, I think it was one hundred thirty-two thousand at the time. Cool. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, didn't even know about negotiating, getting prices down. Just kind of fall right in. You know, <laughs> you know totally agreeing with it. And uh, it, as I, uh, even though I had the parental guidance, as I thought, you know, of, of how to purchase, I just bought in. So it was just meant to be, evidently. So. So then it was a matter of uh, learning how to manage it. And, uh, so I kind of jumped on board with the family, and they're managing paradigms of, uh, of ideas and, and getting the, uh, rentals and getting people. And we did a lot of snowbirds or, or the long-term stays throughout the year, uh, winter months normally. Um, it didn't necessarily profit until I started bringing – well, let me say it differently um, – the profit would come in, but I just didn't necessarily know how to increase it to where it would uh, completely pay for itself. Because I had association fees uh, or dues, which were, I think, at that time around a thousand uh, a quarter. Um, now they're up to fourteen hundred. That's eighteen years later. Uh, so, so every three months you got to pay fourteen hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So on top of the mortgage, right? Yeah, on top of the mortgage, right. so it uh, it's it's somewhere around five grand, you know, every every year, whatever yeah. that goes up to. Yeah, so wow. <clears throat> so, you know, and, and it was just okay. How do you manage this? You know, how do you how do you file things? How do you you know? And, and organization is really what it came down to, is and, and communication, of course. Um, and it, it did it, it bonded my dad and his pursuits, you know, to myself, and it was just a. a one leg of the, I guess, uh, interests that I have that uh, that I was polishing or, or working on, and uh, and it seemed like as I sustained it and paid the, the unit off, you know, in time, it allowed me to. Uh, no matter, uh, it seems like no matter what you're doing, if you're applying yourself, you're going to grow, you're going to get better. Uh, it just takes time. Um, you know, was I was I really digging in and trying to every month, every year, trying to really engage and in, in really making this thing profitable? I really wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I did my normal interest in things. I had my aviation thing and my motorcycle thing and other interests. But and this was just kind of a side entity, kind of somewhat sustaining itself. Um, um, you know, I had a job that would allow me to make payments if if I you know the income wasn't there, but it. It, it wasn't a burden, so to speak, on my on my pay rate. Uh, pay rate, and at that time, I wasn't like a full time, uh, not full time, but a full pay uh, employee for the, the airlines. So it was, uh, and, and I was, I think, I was living in California at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that was California. So uh, it was, it was what it is, and, and we just we we put it together and. You know, one month at a time, uh, one one situation at a time. From the HVAC going out to draining from upper units, uh, water leaks creating issues on lower units. 
uh, over, you know, just, just the build of the structure or the design of the structure that basically I bought into. Uh, you know, I learned about, um, you know, the association perspective and what they what they cover versus what I cover, you know, from the interior to the exteriors. And then, like, the fine line of, uh, uh, let's see, windows, you know, because there's exterior and there's an interior to windows. And you're like, okay, association, I need, I need my windows replaced because they're falling out or they're deteriorating. And, and, uh, and, and then say, well, windows are covered by a homeowner. You know, and I'm like, well, so then I have to go to the, the the person that writes the policies for associations for Florida or however that worked, and uh, and it, for what they state is that it's the association that handles that, and this is just one little occurrence, you know, that that goes along because it's it's many, mm-hmm. um, just like any kind of relationship, you know, you're yeah. gonna have these things you know, laid at you. And, you work through it to a point and then you learn a few things and then you step back and then you reassess and come at it again. Um, um, but, you know, back to that window thing, you know, and, and really what it comes down to is whatever the association writes, they have the, that's the agreeing word versus what their standards are for through Florida. And mm. that took me a while to kind of soak in, uh, but it is what it is, you know, and then I have to get things in writing and things signed. So that way I can really understand it. Because one thing with working with airlines, I've learned about policy. Uh, it's not about the people. It's about the policy. And, mm. and really, that was, a, that was a hard pill for me to really understand. Because, you know, I grew up in an in a existence of you invest in the people and you work through things. But I'm lear- I have learned since then that, you know, a lot of life and the world runs on the dynamic of, well, what's the policy say? You know, insurance policies and, and you know, this policy. And, that, you know, and, and so that's something that I'm like, okay, I really got to dig in. So that means you have to take the time to engage in these big, thick manuals of policy that people <laughs> write for certain things, you know. Damn. Um, or, you know, just uh, as you go along, you find it, you know, in the, in the multi-page dynamic of what a policy is, and you... Uh, you highlight what you need, you know, and you learn as you go. Mm. And that's kind of what I did. I learned as I go, you know. And so did you start off um, self-managing your, your condo? We did, yeah. Um, let's see. I jumped on the, the parents' paradigm, so to speak, where they were doing the self-managing, self-repairs, self-every aspect of it. Um, it's all in-house, kind of family-owned. So you were living in California and managing a property in Destin? Yes. So what were the hardships of that? Uh, the hardships, well, let's see, you've, you've got to, uh, when you've got these issues, I guess really it's, it comes down to when you've got the issues, you get the phone call, then it's a matter of extending out, okay, well, who, who are we contracting to do the repair, who's going to do the repair, and then that's where you build your network of uh, people who can make things happen for you. So that's, uh, that's what we do. We build, um, you know, if, if a flooring uh, group comes along or does some work for us and they're really good and price is right, you know, you, you build a relationship, you take them to lunch, you talk to them, you, you know, hey, this is what we got, this is what our properties are, these are things we're looking to do. We, and, and currently we're doing two renovations on two units, one more so than the other, uh, but when it comes to, like, flooring, uh, any kind of uh, system repairs, uh, kitchen kitchen renovations. Um, let's see. We ran into, uh, and I, you know, if I'm, I'm 
like gypsum product. I don't know if you've ever heard of that product, but that's a, a product that they spray over the uh, structure underneath the flooring, and then they build up from there with a hardy layer, and then they put like tile on and different things. What I had encountered there was this stuff breaks up underneath the, the flooring or the, the tile or the carpet, whatever blade, and you know those kind of things, and that can add a ten thousand dollar expense onto just putting new flooring in. So those kind of dynamics, um, or you can, you know, inspect it and do your repairs yourself. And that's what I do. I take the time off and, you know, if it's, it's bad enough, we'll go down there and handle these challenges, I guess, as a team, because, you know, that whole multi-mind, you know, pursuing one goal is, is, is how most things are created. And see, uh, see I, know, I know you from American, from American Airlines, we work there together. And um, so it must be it must be a big help that you can hop on a plane and go check out your unit yourself, right? And, uh, it, that's right. That's right. And that was one of the facets that I had to, uh, you know, for the, for the decision. It's like, well, what tools do I have in the bag to pursue this goal? You know, what can I do? You know, at that time, I think I had, like, flexible shifts and three, ten, you know, four-day uh, four, four work weeks and, you know, a lot, of, a lot more flexibility uh, to work with. And of course, those those things have changed. You know, like you're uh, sometimes you can't necessarily hop a plane and get there. You know, so you, you've got to build a relationship with your HVAC guy and your your flooring guy or your drywall guy. Uh, and and really, there's only a few that you really need uh, because when it comes to big projects, you, you've got multi in there as well. Uh, you, you can you know, hire like a general contractor to do everything versus specialists at specifics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, usually when it comes to that, you know, and you take your couple of weeks off work, like vacation style, and you just go down there and just knock it out. That's cool. So that, that's how we kind of overcome situations like that, uh, the big challenges that come along. So, big question I got is, um, this is 2001, this is pre-Airbnb era, right? It is, yeah. And so how did you find um, renters and how did you manage calendars? How did you do all that before they had this, you know, nice little app we could do everything on? Right, right. You know, the uh, we had large rolls, laminated rolls of, of, a, of a year, uh, you know, per month. And it was, uh, you, know, you put a hash where the checkout, check-in and check-out is. So, you know, the check-out is, uh, I guess it's uh, four... No, it's 11 a.m. on the checkout, and then check-in is 4 o'clock or something like that. So you have that hash, you have that five-hour window to get in there and clean and, and repair and do whatever between between guests. Uh, as far as marketing, um, anything you could, from banks to, because uh, we didn't really have online potentials then. There was a lot of it was word of mouth. Uh, and then the snowbirds, they go back, and then they share with their friends. And the idea was to always have a, a log or a register on the table to write, you know, for people to write their informations, uh, and then we would collect those, and then we would make cold calls throughout the year. Hey, this is, you know, Destin calling. Just wanted to see if you wanted to come back, uh, you know, and this is how we are. This is what we got going on. How have you been? You know, take the, take those moments. And, of course, that could go into a couple of weeks, but that's, you know, that's what you do. You've got to generate your – you've got to plant the seed of interest, um, you know, with these uh, – with these previous guests. So uh, could you explain the term snowbird and what does that mean? All right, snowbirds are uh, people from, I guess, uh, they, they, 
from colder regions, uh, climates that uh, sometimes Michigan, just upper upper portion of the United States, and therefore, uh, you know, uh, up into Canada as well. It can be up from other countries. They The term is for month, basically they come in for uh, whole months, um, usually multiple months. And the idea is to get two months out of every snowbird uh, versus just one month, because a lot of times they'll come down for the two-month period or three-month or four-month, depending. Um, and that usually starts around January, uh, beginning of the year is when they'll come in. We've had some that come in in November, uh, and then they'll stay till March. Um, that's a rarity, but it's it's good income. It's a solid you know, rent, uh, or it's a solid income for those months that they're occupying the space. Uh, and, of course, you you know, it, when they're there for that long, you, you, you knock on the door, you talk to them, you get to know them. And, of course, at that time, before we had, like, the, the Airbnbs and the onlines, and the property managing um, or the managers, the uh, you you got to know them. You know, you, you knocked on the door, you had dinner with them, you, you know, you, you engaged with your guests, uh, you know, drawing, bringing the people together. You know, uh, and that was just that was that was part of what we did. Now nowadays, a lot of people come in. They, they don't want to know who owns the place. They don't want. They just want their own little space. Uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because you still got you still got both dynamics. You know, if people are want you to engage with them, it's okay. Uh, but some people usually, you know, you, they, they don't necessarily bring that up front. Um, but you kind of get a feel when you're talking with them and setting reservations, and and uh, that oh, okay, these are people that we can engage with and grow with. You know, versus the ones that are just come and go, uh, the, the short-term stays. I guess. So, uh, I guess my next question would be, have you, like, because you said you've been doing the short-term and the long-term, have you decided, have you, like, listed your places on Airbnb and used that as a uh, medium yet, or it, still it, going the other way? Airbnb is on there. Uh, I have bought into a property manager that... Um, we project a certain amount of rents per year. That's their, their claim, say. And other ones, uh, there's other property management groups that I've interviewed with and, and uh, tried to do business with. They actually project we will get X amount of dollars and up. And I'm like, well, okay, that's great. But uh, a lot of times you, you're filtering out the good, the, the truthful versus the quality, I guess, you know, because you've got people that'll that'll tell you the world, but then they'll deliver what they'll deliver, you know, which usually yeah. is less than. So it's more about okay, well, that's good. That and, and then we've also run into guarantees. Well, they'll guarantee you X amount of dollars um, per year for your unit, um, but a lot of times, you know, it's it's like show me, you know, don't tell me what you're going to do, just show me what you're going to do. And those yeah. those groups can. Let's just say we've never gone with one that that projects that much because there's always something that makes the relationship fall apart. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, the Airbnb. I like we're with a group called Southern Vacation Rentals currently. Just mm-hmm. signed on to them, uh, and uh, you know negotiated the more uh, the management fee down. Brought in multiple units to get that management fee down. Um, and, and what's the a, fee? What's the percentage they take? 
it's a twenty percent. Okay. So the uh, and what you can do, you can leverage with because they don't know what you do, what you have and what you don't have. So that's some potential of you know we come in and say, hey, I've got this one unit. I want to build a relationship with you guys. What's your lowest that you can you know charge for a management group fee? You know what's what's the fees? What are, you know and, and between fifteen to twenty. Uh, but then you bring multiple units in, and it gets it gets lower. You, you can you can negotiate it down, and then as, as I understand, you can more units you bring in, and it doesn't even have to be your units. You can take responsibility of someone else's and kind of I don't know if that's called micromanage it, so to speak, to where you're you're you, could, you know because if if you're if you're good at something, you know usually people want to jump on board with you, especially mm-hmm. if. if if everything's transparent, you know, and, and how you're stewarding the, the property. Uh, so I guess what I'm, in, in addition to that is Airbnb in, is one of, say, seven uh, platforms, yeah. platforms that, that, uh, that the Southern Vacation Rentals and majority of them utilize to get people, get the, get the uh, information out there on the property. So the uh, property management company, because I always have a question for like because of the short-term rentals, because it sounds like you're more in a vacation rental destination. What do they do that you can't? You know, really, they handle, and, and I guess the, the long of it is they handle, they handle the money. They handle issues where the 3 a.m. phone calls, um, they have linens extra linens and the things that I mean that we we have stock of but it's not in a you know, let's see like like a linen program you know we, we don't have multi you know hundreds of sets that are going through a cleaning service we have personal items that we bought or we we did bought when we were managing we would take back and wash them in our own uh, washing machine and then prep the facility or the, the unit back up for the next guest. So it takes a bit of burden away, so that way you can somewhat live, you know, the, 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 so it's, I guess it's just less burden on you on, on the daily. Uh, and it's also when you're, when you're, you're your own team, it's good to have another team kind of not overseeing because basically you are negotiating or you're telling the management group, this is what I want to do with this relationship and you've got to make sure you get all this straight up front you know what i'm willing to pay what we're you know this all the all the little details uh about this relationship because i guess once you're in when you've signed then you know you can't expect to change it you know unless you have that clause in the in the contract uh and that was another thing you know try not to jump on board with contracts that lock you in for over a year so that way you're stuck even if you don't like it you know when it comes to these property managers, because you can, I you know, ride it for a couple of months, see how it works, and step away, you know, those kind of things. Um, so yeah, so I, I guess the, uh, I guess I got kind of lost on lost on that question, but um, but see, yeah, we're wanting because. Um, You've you've had several different property managers. How do you know? How do you know how to choose the right one? I mean, what kind of do you go in there and you interview them, or how does it work? 
Yes, I, I interview them like I'm going to build a business with them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll meet it. My take is to, can I meet you at a restaurant and let's talk it over. And if they're flexible like that and they can, they can bring you into their day, then that, that speaks a lot to me and, you know, the, to know that they will go above and beyond, you know, and, and meet up with them. Now they've also, these property managers, they've got the way, the way the, um, I guess the internal structure of how they operate is they've got a, a group or a two or three people that only pull in new customers. And then, so, so you've got to make sure everything is clear that you speak with this first frontline individual is this, is what you get at the end, you know, and that's why you've always got to take your notes as you're, because as you're engaging with this first time individual, um, you know, this upfront, this person at the restaurant, say that you've, you've met and they've taken the time with you, but that's their job. They, they're to pull new owners in. Uh, let's see here. And I think I've got some notes on that pertaining to, um, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, they're, they're the first, they're the first line contact of their company and they, they'll tell you, uh, about what to expect, uh, when being in that relationship you know, with the said property manager. Uh, but what I've encountered, and I'll just throw this out there, is that the sign onto the relationship or the, or the contract and can, and can change slightly uh, when you're in the, in the relationship with the uh, property owner or property management group. So you've got to very, be very, you've got to be really clear on what your expectations are, what, what's, you know, just every perspective, you know, who handles linens, who handles emergency calls, who handles power outages, um, in, in our situation, who handles the hurricane, um, you know, boarding up the windows, uh, you know, those kind of things. Uh, are there any, and, then, and of course, you're juggling the effects of the building maintenance as well and the property and the relationship with the property, uh, the, uh, the association as well. So it's like a two or three different relationships that kind of pull all together. Hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, your, your repair guys, you gotta, you know, get to know them and build a relationship there too, because you don't want them to overcharge you. Um, you, you, you want to get to know them because usually friends will help out friends yeah. versus yeah. just customers. So you get to know, you know, your like your drywall guy and, and your, um, your HVAC guy, your, uh, your, window guy or whoever you know and you start really digging in <laughs> which by the way window world does not cover that region where i'm at and uh that's why i'm still dealing with the uh the window uh repair pursuit of, of the one of the units oh um, damn yeah 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 but uh but yeah yeah it's 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 just like it, you're just just like a regular home you're contracting work to come in uh you just know the difference between somebody gouging you and, and the actual value, you know, and I'm saying, I'm saying you're learning that value perspective through somebody, you know, versus somebody who just comes in that you have no idea because they could tell you any number. Um, that's how I keep my operational costs low, I guess, uh, so, or affordable. So how, uh, how many units do you have? Uh, I've got one, uh, family's got two more and then we've got a house, but we pulled that off of the rental market. Uh, or the vacation rental market, and 
now it's just kind of our, our warehouse, so to speak, for additional. And, um, and then I've got the, and, and that's just for the, the condos, you know, there in, in Texas, or I'm sorry, in Florida, in Destin, Florida area. And they're all part of the same complex as well. And that makes it similar because, or a lot easier because you know how the rules are and what, how to play the game, so to speak, because mm -hmm. it's all the same versus having two or three units down the line, different, different property managers, different, you know, different locations. Uh, but I mean, Hey, if you, if you, if you got the capacities to be able to manage multiple units in a, a vast, you know, region or area, then, you know, right on. But, uh, it just, it just puts more on you, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, you're, you're, so these are condos. So, uh, in the HOA policy, you're allowed to short term rent, short term rent these on a short term basis. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, that's yeah. that's awesome. So I, I was always thinking if you really want, because most condos don't allow it. So I guess if if you really just want to have a condo, it's better to just go to a vacation rental area like Destin and things like that. How much of this? condos going for like right now no i'm not sure i want to say around 212 so oh. not not too much of growth but but it's consistent or it's steady and and of course it it, it goes in waves uh I, I think it's far i don't think it'll ever drop dip down to the uh around the price that i had originally paid uh, but you know who knows but uh i didn't really buy into it for the for the sell perspective it was more about you know growing relationships the stewardship understanding what that's about uh having you know uh, having a place that i can utilize at any time uh, for 212 what size condo is that this is a uh, one bedroom sleep six it's got a clean bed in one room bunks built into the hall into the walls of the hall and then a pull-out sleeper sofa. Maximizing space. That's nice. That's uh, yeah, and it's just one of those little small units, but it you know it feeds uh, there. It'll house six people, and you know most families are four and four to five. So it, it does real well. Um, it's it's a good it's a good, good short term. It's a good investment for short term growth or short term rental growth. Okay. And so you make pretty good cash flow on it. You're, I mean, you're positive every year. Yeah, positive every year, and then therefore I can you know, take the write-offs that are needed uh, effectively. Uh, let's see. Even even back in when it, when it wasn't so much, and I, I say when I was making the payments uh, before I paid it off, uh, you know, it allowed me to you know take the write-offs, and I think uh, with that it was three years of write-offs. I think in the beginning that I could take off. Pretty pretty heavy write-offs in the beginning, uh, and then I and then I just paid it off. off. Um, you know, just I think I I think I was on in debt to it for probably ten years, and I think the interest and everything accrued about another ten, 10 grand. So I guess I'm in it for what one one forty one forty two or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. so now it's just a matter of you know keeping the association happy and keeping the guests happy and keeping it uh, keeping it shiny so to speak because I, I you know, just just renovated that one last year um and, and just a little side note when you are doing renovations or repairs yourself 
or I guess you could, or if you're contracting people, you uh, want to do that towards the end of the year. Let's see if I got notes on this. Um, because you get tax breaks. Uh, this is uh, interesting. Tax breaks that uh, will reduce your basically taxes for the following year. Uh, if you show that, in, in my in my case, it was December. If, if I do all my work in December, and it runs into January, then I get a tax break for the next year. So that was always a benefit. So anytime I do repair, and I and I uh, I, I try to put it in the December months. So um, and I schedule snowbirds if they're coming in to say mid January, so that way it will run into January. I can get the tax break, and then the snowbirds come in and they've got a fresh fresh unit. Nice. So that's a that's some you know shuffling so to speak to benefit on the tax side and you know and then keep the customer happy as well. Sweet. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so it. and so um you t- you told me something interesting a while back uh, what and um over at work you said something about um, using your four hundred one k as like your own bank to, to purchase properties. And, and I've utilized that. Could you explain how you do that and how you've done that? Yeah, well, let's see. Your 401k, that's the, um, that's, you know, most companies have, offer a 401k so that we don't have to deal with I think it's pension or whatever, how do they call that. But uh, what, uh, what you do is basically it's you, all 401k, as far as I know, uh, offer a loan, they take loans out. And what you're doing is you're, um, in my opinion, you're, it's a better way to get a large chunk of cash for these investments right now that you, when you pay it back, it's, there's no, uh, interest, uh, in in the whole loan dynamic. So what that allows you to do is max, you know, whatever your max is, is 50,000 or 20,000 or however much you can take out. And you can put that towards, you know, a new property, and then you just pay off your monthly, uh, I guess, uh, payment towards this 401k because you're paying yourself back through the 401k program. But it's the interest that you do pay goes right back into your account. It doesn't go towards a, someone else's pursuits. So like banks, you know, you, you have your interest, you're making your interest payment, but that like for myself, when I when I originally did my mortgage through um, regions, like it was, I paid them ten thousand over the course of 10, 10 years to borrow their one hundred and thirty two thousand. You know, and once that was paid off, you know, it's done with that. So with the the uh, um, with the four hundred one k idea, it uh, allows you to just pull from your own funding if you've got X amount in your funds, and I think you can borrow up. I was always told it was borrow up to half until I got, you know, up in the two or three hundred thousand range, and then I found out through digging into policy, it's only fifty thousand. So, hmm. what I do is I, I take fifty thousand, I put it up in a growth account, and it doesn't have to be a, a large growth account. It could be two percent or so. Uh, let it two or three percent. Let it sit and then pay it off, and then get another one get another 50000 and then you've got a, a hundred grand you haven't paid any interest on, um, and it's all your own funding, and it's growing that interest in that growth account. 
Now, some people can, you know, like the latter um, CD type funding where you put it in and let it sit for X amount of years. That's another idea. But at least you, you have the capital to be able to play around with some of those things. You know, you could diversify it and put it in a CD and you could put it in a something else and maybe buy some stocks or whatever. Just preferably make it grow, make it work as hard as you do for that interests that, that it does bring back. How much is the interest on one of those loans? Uh, let's see here. Um, you know, I don't know. I would say it's... What do you think, Steve? Uh, Probably around 5%. Like, if you borrow 5%. from your 401k. I think I've done that, and it was around 5%. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, then, you, uh, and you get and they give you up to five years to pay it back, too. You can oh, pay it back okay. faster if you wanted to, but they'll, they'll, can, they'll just take out from your paycheck for five years until it's paid back, whatever you borrowed. So let's say you leave that job while you have that loan. Is that a count against you? or? Well, you know, I don't know. I haven't encountered that one. I'm assuming that uh, if you go to another job that has a 401k program or option, everything just segues over to the next company. Okay. I'm assuming. I would have to call, you know, whoever you got your 401k through. Because if it's I would assume it just connects because if you've got fidelity on one side, you could still have fidelity on your 401k through the, uh, another company. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be that easy, but uh, I've never applied that. So, have you used one of those loans to actually buy real estate? I, I did. I paid off my uh, my uh, condo there. Um, basically I, I, uh, at one point, I I took that loan and then when we had the oil spill in, I think it was 2010 or eight or whenever that was, uh, along that coastline, um, there was government assist that was was given to owners of properties that were renting, and it was a business that they were running because it, no one was coming to Destin or along that shoreline to vacation, so income lost, so. What the government allowed, or I guess it's just our U.S. government, if you, I think it was call a number or send an email, it gets the start, the ball rolling to where you are basically raising your hand and say, hey, I got a property over here. It hasn't made money for um, you know this year or this season. And I think it extended for two seasons, so two separate years. And uh, you submit uh, the forms, whatever they tell you to submit, and they they gave me twenty five thousand for the loss of uh, revenue for that year, so I put that onto a fifty thousand dollar four hundred one k loan and you know, paid the property right off. So um, that's how I was able to you know knock it out in the ten year time, and uh, and I guess it it uh, you know it, it was all it was all growth. You know? so, nice. So, yeah, yeah, and then of course you know the more people you know because. Because I heard this through a couple of people that are condo owners in other states along that same coastline. So you've got to make sure you engage in other people and, and get to know and talk to. And, you know, because everybody's got a, something that they can bring to the table. And, and you know, just like what you guys are doing here with your, uh, your online you know, casting here, uh, it's, it's sharing what, what tricks each individual has, and then you're presenting it to others to utilize. So, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of what that 
that was about that four one So do you only invest in like vacation rental areas? Or do you have uh, other properties in other places? That's all all I have. Let's see, I did buy a, a place in Lake Dallas, Texas. Um, so I could have residents here or uh, or another residence here. Uh, and that was and I utilize the the four hundred one k you know funding as well. Uh, it's not paid off, but because I utilized the, the funding, it took it way. The, the down payment was much greater, so it brought the cost down. And of course, I, I for myself, I always I, I don't allow the bank to pay for the uh, uh, let me see insurance and, and uh, taxes. What do they call that escrow? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I pay for my own escrow. So that way I can have those funds sit throughout the year and grow a little, little bit of interest in an account somewhere versus paying it to the bank and letting it sit in their accounts and growing that interest. Because, you know, you figure, I don't know what that, here in Texas, which taxes are ridiculous, um, and it seems like school taxes are, are really the dynamic of ridiculousness. No, that's around five grand or so. Uh, you know, some people pay eight grand, you know, just whatever the tax is. Sitting in that account for a year, that, that, that can grow some few dollars for you you know no. a few dinners for for the family or even maybe a mortgage payment you know depending on whatever it is you're paying taxes for you know the, the amount you have to pay so uh, yeah it's just um yeah you know just jogging 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 the the, the monies around to, and putting them where they need to be uh to, to for growth potential that's cool and the and the lake dallas house um you gonna rent that one out or what are your plans with that one well, I'm probably just going to rent rooms out. I, I don't know about renting the whole thing out just because it's, a, it's kind of a larger facility. Uh, and I've got certain equipment that uh, that I, I wouldn't want anybody to just you know utilize. So I don't know. It's it's kind of it may just be a, a kind of an office dynamic, you know, for the for the operation because um, it's kind of centrally located, and I want to branch out into California and. Uh, get a, another something going out there as well uh, you know, that's that's a, a near goal once well when it, whenever I pull the trigger on that uh, that's that's the next big goal uh, but then it, it, with, with the Lake Dallas house, uh, property it needed some work so I, I I wanted to learn more of what home ownership is about and, and, and working on things and you know, kind of sifting through and fixing things. I wanted to know about plumbing and, and, and rewiring and gas lines and gas pressures and, you know, and insulations uh, and what to use, what not to use. Um, ridge vents. I've learned about ridge vents on this, this new property. Uh, and, and that that was uh, kind of interesting, you know, how the heat transfers up the, sea, up the roof and then you just, just all that dynamic. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that stuff, so I'll, bought a property that I could work on and that's what it was it was a bit beat up but livable so uh, that's uh, that's that's what we did so that's kind of like your school right now fixing that house it is yeah yeah instead of having to buy into school I'm well I guess I'm buying into it anyway but uh, <laughs> I come out with a with a piece of property that's you know done the, a specific way or how I like it so to speak. Now, now tell us about you told me before about you know having properties helps your tax burden. And um, and you told me pretty much, you said write off everything. And what do you mean by everything? You, you said, <laughs> how do you, well, how do, you me, do that? 
Well, as I understand, when you uh, when you have income coming in, that, and I don't want to say because because I don't want to say something outside of a, a CPA perspective, but yeah, we're not tax professionals here, so that's <laughs> right, that's right. Um, <laughs> if if I'm getting income that I can write things off on, then I'm going to write it off. I'm going to I'm going to utilize it. You know, in this case, I'm learning things. I'm buying tooling. I'm buying materials, um, those costs go towards this particular property. Uh, now, if I've got a property like, say, a, a property in Florida that is, that is making, making money, um, now, can you take a, re- a receipt or a write-off from one property and put it on another because it's under the all umbrella, the same umbrella, you know? And that's something you'd have to ask a CPA. Um, but from like watching and seeing how American Airlines operates their organization, I would say you can. Because <laughs> I see a lot of pulling from one aircraft issue and putting it on another. And, you know, and I'm sure there's monies that are, you know, uh, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. People are lawyers. That's right. But but uh, but yeah, that's that's what you try to do. You know, you you if, if you've got like the condo and, and you repair, you know, you put it at the end of the year. You know, it's a ten thousand dollar repair. You know, you get that write off. You put that in because you've got a loss of income for that little window. You get a, di- a reduction of of, of uh, taxes that you have to pay for the following year, and then you then you know you write it off to your CPA. That this is what I spent for this pursuit. You know, you know, based on the guidelines of what they said. So, and of course, you know, with my CPA, I'm able to, I throw it all out there. And what what sticks, great. What doesn't, you know, I just sweep up off the floor and put it back in the envelope and, and save it for the files, you know. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so that's, if that makes sense. So the current house you're living in, is it going to be a live-in flip or just something you fix up and live in? I'm just going to fix it up, or in the process of fixing up and living. living. Okay. You know, it's it's a it's a live-in current, but it you know needs needs work here and there. Um, a lot of uh, exterior land land work. I, I bought a uh, a facility that had a putt putt golf course on it and a mini go kart track on the on the facility. So, uh, but it it backed up to core land or. BLM land, or depending on what region you're from, they call it different things. That's that's land that circles or is <clears throat> put around uh, a, usually body of, bodies of water that can't be built on, and uh, therefore your backdrop is not another neighbor and a fence. It's just woods and creeks and wildlife. And uh, so anyway, so yeah, so I shopped around, say the DFW area, trying to find what was a good property. That there's really nice or be or, or core land behind the property, and, uh, and that's that was kind of my my keen idea. Yeah, I want to get I want to get that property, but then I want the backdrop to not be some other neighbor that, you know, whatever. So I didn't really buy into a neighborhood. It's, it's more kind of country living, yet still kind of close to the city. That's cool. Yeah. And where in California were you planning on investing? Uh, in the Corona. Uh, Corona area. It's uh, just off the of 91 in Riverside County. So, Isn't it super expensive over there? 
It probably is. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you dig into policy and you find out what it takes. You know, if you have land that's not, because uh, there's no home on this land. I want to actually, it's, it's just dirt. It's just dirt that's been, it's actually kind of a hilltop that's been leveled off. And then there's a dirt road that goes up to the top of it. So what I want to do, based on how I'm learning through this Lake Dallas renovation project that I'm doing, I want to apply those skills at that facility or, or the next next investment or on that property. Uh, and I and I always look at things as it's a build up. Where I'm at now isn't where I'm going to be in ten years. So therefore, use the gifts and talents or the skills that have come into your existence. You know, be it be it uh, something you, you you were forced to learn or something you went willing to, with to learn and allow that to take you to the next levels of wherever it is you're going. You know, um, Don't let it just be a burden. You know what I mean? If there's a way to fashion it to where, it, well, you know, maybe maybe this, this challenge isn't as bad as I'm seeing it because who knows where it's going to take me if I apply what I learn mm-hmm. through the, the process. You know, so so that's what I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> that's kind of the idea. I like that. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. You, go ahead. Oh, what were you saying? Oh, no, I was just thinking, like, you know, where, where we start in the kindergarten and then work our way up to the 12th grade and then in the college. You know, it's all a progression. You know, and you use what you previously experienced and learned for the next phases to the next phases. So using that same dynamic in, in life investment choices nice yeah. nice yeah and you got your um <laughs> you got your mechanical brain working too yeah yeah i got uh, the gears are turning <laughs> at all time, you know, trying to trying to keep that going but but yeah you know and, and to kind of rope back in on the airbnb dynamic um you know it's really just all transparency i, I stayed in an airbnb in florida when i went um, down to uh what was it was it Tampa area? I think it was. Yeah, Tampa. Uh, just a few months ago to vehicle shop and stayed in an Airbnb. But, uh, you know, just there, the communication wasn't there. You know, so I got left, kind of left out and no place to stay. And then at 11 o'clock at night, I got a call and then there was a place to stay. So it was, it's, yeah. So the transparency, you know, especially if you're going to be a part of that Airbnb dynamic and, and really take people in. Just know that, you know, they're coming, the, the guests are coming from a, have no idea what you're about. And, you know, I, I know that, that you can read up about the person and you get a, a, a little little uh, information on the person. But, you know, if, if you've got the property and you're Airbnb and two guests, make sure you're double time on transparency and clarity and communication. Uh, so that way the guest will give you, you know, positive reviews. And makes things smoother, um, so that way they're not fearing and, and only have you know negative reviews for the whole Airbnb dynamic, even though they're not staying on a weekly basis. You know, because you don't want any negative feed on. You don't want to be attached to any negative feed when it comes to you know building relationships. Anything really. What was that? Your first time using Airbnb as a traveler? It was actually. It was, um, and it, and you know I I, I had it experienced it and i took it for what it was and that's where i just went after 
actually I got to a point where I was shopping for another Airbnb that same night at 11 p.m. and that's when I got the phone call that oh, you know there was a mistake well that's great but you know I'm still a guest and I still need you know a place to reside for the evening uh, so it, it in the end it all became it all kind of cleared up and, and everything it was a burden on on the guests part being myself mm -hmm. so yeah so that's that's the biggest thing when it comes to people and then coming into your space you know always open arm and transparency and communicate and above and beyond what you would expect and that's another thing like with the property manager let me just add this as well they're another front line with you to make that communication and that that first link of a relationship um, easier for the guests because guests don't want to have to come in and and figure things out you know they they just want to either ask and get a, a solid answer and really that's probably it that's all they want to do they want to come in they you know because they're in a usually they're in an area that they're not familiar with so they don't know the norms they don't know the the, the safe places or the bad places or you know anything it's it's uh all they wanted is is flow you know come in there's a bed that we've got a reservation here's a reservation number the key works the keypad works you know, everything works. There's linens. There's, you know, just all aspects. How can we make the guests enjoy their first impression of, of who we are and what we're doing you know, with, with the units? So, and you'd be a good Airbnb host. <laughs> well, uh, well, maybe. You know, with these pro different properties and things, I would like to uh, maybe apply that a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah, I know with this uh, Lake Dallas house, I'll be able to, you know, Airbnb a room. I'll have somebody come in for the weekend. Uh, because I'm sure there's festivals and all kinds of things that people come in for. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm kind of wanting to do that with a property we have in Nashville as well. Uh, but I'm kind of on hold on that one right now. Uh, I would like to be present in the state when it comes to Airbnb or coming in uh, you know, to, to utilize it. So, uh, so. Well, you, um, if you listen to our show, you'll be able to do it from wherever. Okay. <laughs> <You'll>, <laughs> okay. Micah has them all over the world, so he, he runs them all over the world. So you can, uh, you can you, do it, man. Nashville's a good market, by the way. Yeah, it's definitely growing. It's getting silly out there, but uh, you know, if you want to come out there, we do Broadway time and whatever, you know, wherever they go for uh, there's tons of festivals and convention centers, and conventions, and uh, so so we'll see. You know, start with one little room and make it Airbnb room or guest room, and and kind of go from there. Uh, so yeah, I'm also, I may have to get some questions, or I may have some questions for you, my command on when it comes to, you know, how do, how do you have a place that uh, is normally sitting where everything is versus having people come in and you know use it for their own good i guess their own stay their own interests uh and and how to properly set that up outside of being there with them because uh, as far as i understand i thought airbnbs are uh people are still living in the facility uh and you're just uh, one of the rooms well there's a there's different aspects of it there's home sharing which is where people living in the rooms is like what i used to do with my upstairs in my house then there's the short-term rental. You're renting out the entire place aspect, which I've done. I've done pretty much every aspect of it. But um, 
doing it from afar is rather easy. Um, that's what I was asking about. That's really was what I was getting to with my question about what does your property management company do that you can't? Because everything's online nowadays, and you can automate anything. Uh, messages, uh, if you just need, like, literally on Airbnb, for example, uh, just we're just going to focus on Airbnb. Like on Airbnb, you could have your maintenance man just be a part of your team, and if they say something is wrong with the maintenance, like something's broke, your maintenance man can see it and go out to the unit. Uh, you could have your... Uh, maintenance man on there like i have a listing manager i have a property manager for one of my properties you know um they can just look at the messages and if they see it's their turn they're up they go fix up the unit do what they need to do um but yeah it's it's it, it can be automated it's just really easy um messages can be automated to a point where you only respond when you need to you know hmm. i see okay well that's uh do you do you find that your contractors that come in overcharge for what they're doing? Um, I think that comes back to you finding the right person. Okay. Um, they will, if you if you don't know the right person, find the right person, see what they'll charge you, let them know what you do, um, and try to get them familiar with the platform, get them on the Teams app, you know. Um, it's so many, it's so many different ways to do it, you know. Awesome. And then with things like, I think they have apps like homey where a contractor can come in by the hour and you choose which one charges what per hour you know you can use homey you can use uh man it's just a lot of different ways uh to find contractors thumbtack you know i see i see so i could put my interest or services on to say thumbtack or con or homey or whatever mm -hmm. and come along and assist others in maintenance yep. issues yeah huh. Cool. That could be a little side something as well. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. actually, we'll have a guest on next week who's actually going to be talking about that stuff. So you might want to listen. He's got he's made a whole living off using Homey and Thumbtack and TaskRabbit. Because so. we interviewed the the Homey founder, right? Is that who we interviewed the Homey founder or one of the one of those apps that does the um, home repairs or whatever? Really? And you tried to use them one time, remember? You said you, you tried to use that company and and they actually mm -hmm. took a little while to get in there or something like that. You told me something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's about finding the right person. Okay. But yeah, it's it's See, just a matter... Homie is like... It's just a matter of finding the right person. Like with Homie, Thumbtack... The reason why I like those apps is because they have reviews. And the reviews are everything. Like, I know this person's good, you know, so... Based on someone else's review, exactly. or multiple reviews of that particular individual. Correct. So, like, I just hired someone off Fiverr to run a task for me. I seen he had ninety six reviews, all like ninety four of them were five star. So I know he's pretty good, you know. Okay. Yeah, we'll hook you up, Robbie. We'll get you going, man. You won't need to pay yeah twenty percent of your hard earned money anymore. <laughs> that's actually what I was getting at <laughs> alright I'll give you a 5% cut on that <laughs> well um, one thing I always ask like uh, like we, we ask guests what's a, a tip that they that they've used you know in their well we always you know Airbnb journey or their um, rental, rental journey or real estate journey What's like one tip that you that you could give to the audience? This is like a Robbie tip. This is something that you've discovered 
over your years of you know doing this and just like one thing you could tell them that's like wow you know this that's pretty cool that'll help them a lot oh man um from my owner's perspective or a guest perspective uh let's see here two different facets uh, oh uh let's go with owner's perspective all right owners is man you know and and, and i guess this would blanket uh the guest as well ask questions have have a out of the box way of not, let's see here always ask questions like there are like for some property managers and some of there are options that aren't presented until you ask and and that's like free golf options or show or dinner or you know little discount packages and different things in different areas uh, but if it's not asked it's not given so that's what I'd recommend you know and and even when it comes to like from our owner's perspective, you know, ask the property manager, hey, can we make some changes? You know, I know I signed this contract, but can we can we make, you know, can I reduce, can I make change, can I do that? You know, always be willing to ask a question or, let's see here, ask questions for that would benefit you. You know, always bring those things to light when it comes to, because uh, it is, it's, it's just, we're, deal, we're all dealing with just, it's just people. You know, so you've got a question about something, you just ask. You know, don't don't bring a feeling into it, but dig in for the facts. You know, put your hands in and start asking some ideas and different things. And if anything, ask enough questions where they they make it, say, hey, just give him anything. You know, and uh, and he'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> Be the squeaky wheel, right? Yeah, you know, whatever it takes. But that that's that's the one thing. It's just ask questions. You know, if you got an idea, hey, you know about this. Or, Ask for ask for what else is included. What you know, because there's there's always something that that you can find that uh, that'll be a benefit to you, especially if you're paying out money. Cool, man. Um, yes. Yeah, so, where can folks find you or get a hold of you, or if they have a question for you or something like that, if you'd like to share something? Oh, let's see here. Well, I'm an open book kind of guy, uh, so my. Phone number, if that's what you guys do, or emails. I don't know. That email would probably be good. Okay, I'm I, at, uh, let's see here. I guess we can uh, forward that over to, I wish you know what that be. Uh, I, I have your email. I mean, do you want me to put that link on the show? Yeah, 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 okay. for sure. I'm going to put Robbie's link to his email on the show. Yeah, and yeah. Um, oh, and if you want me to put a link to your um, Destin properties, I'd, I'd do that too. You know, maybe someone could rent them out. Okay, well, you know, I, I, because we still manage them ourselves in the sense of uh, if, if we own our book, we're not paying the 20% fee. Nice. So still on the side, and that's something that we presented to the, con- you know, in the contract, we still want that capacity to own our book. So mm-hmm. if people contact me and say, hey, we want to stay at your place, that's no percentage off, uh, off the income. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Utilize those tools that we we built up. So we'll put some links to his condos down there, and of course, me and Mike could get bro rates going on, so it's all good. (laughs) You'll be able to, you know, stay in and give it a give it a test test stay. You know, I'll do that for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure, man. It's um, it's been great talking to you. We've learned uh, we got some good tips from you. And okay. we yeah, we wish you luck on your further real estate journey and yeah, man, it's just it's been a blast. Right on, right on. Well it was good talking with you guys. Good to meet you, Micah and uh so yeah. 
be around. I'm always open, man. Just hit me up anytime. You know how us night shifters are. We're we're 24 seven operation. <laughs> Whatever it takes, you know. Heck yeah. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Y'all take care. Thank you. Bye. Now, that was episode... 92. 92. Yes, sir. We had great Robbie King on. Uh, That was good. Yeah, so you can catch us at liveletthrive at gmail.com. Hit us up on IG. We always got some IG stuff popping off. I've really been trying to grow that, so yeah. Um, Where else? Facebook. YouTube, definitely check out the YouTube channel. Go subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Subscribe Let's get to the on. point where you look up Live That Thrive and you'll find us. It's, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty big thing now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just remember to rate us, like us, all that good stuff on all those channels. And this is Live Let Thrive, and we are out. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.